Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome to episode two of the Embrace the Awkward podcast, where we have one goal in mind, and that's to help you handle awkward better. I'm here with Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Pretty good. So I got an interesting fact uh, I discovered recently, and I want to share it with you. Oh, no. So did you know that a fortune cookie company once foretold the lottery and that resulted in 110 winners? Wow. Yeah, this is in California about 2005, just, you know, Couple years ago, uh, fifteen, I should say, one hundred and five winners though, one hundred and ten win, one hundred and ten, yeah, and so five out of the six numbers were told by this fortune cookie company. So everyone thought it was cheating and, and all that, and they discovered nope, it was just complete randomness. And one hundred and ten winners, they each brought home about a hundred thousand dollars. Wow! So if you are trusting enough to bet a lottery ticket on, you know, fortune cookie. It's funny enough that you say that. I actually have an open, it's still in the wrapper, but it's an opened fortune cookie. It's been sitting in my truck for three weeks now. And that maybe it's still there simply because it knows that it holds $100,000 in its numbers. Oh, yeah. There you go. Or more. Hey, you know what? You just got to just got to bet. Just got it. Yeah, right. Go buy a Powerball in Kansas. So, right. well, we are glad you're tuning in today. This episode is something that seems unimportant, but at the same time also seems like it's wildly important. Something that um, there are tons of books on. Doug Fields probably has hosted copious amounts of podcasts dealing with this topic today. We are talking about what, Kyle? Programming, particularly how to keep programming weird, or I would say interesting. Um, that's what I would say. Right, yeah. So you can find endless resources on this from tons of youth ministry podcasts. There are tons of books dating back to before youth ministry was ever a thing <laughs> on on yeah. programming. Um, and so we don't. what we want to do today is we want to tell you some things that you don't need to have great programming, um, but talk about some things on how to just change things up because the students, there's so much power that can happen if you've got a plan. Um, that plan can provide so much power in your ministry. So just to put things to, to put it on the table, just so we're aware, I'm going to list a few things you don't need to have powerful, impactful programming. Okay. You don't need a massive budget. What? That was one of the first things that I learned in my one year of youth ministry. <laughs> you don't need a massive budget to have impactful programming. You also don't need a professional band or worship set. Um, so you don't need like all the crazy lights and the smoke machine. You don't need like Chris Tomlin. What about a guitar? A guitar, a guitar, a guitar even. Maybe we get like Ooh. one of the like 80s, you know, like <laughs> funk guys coming out. You don't need even a professional band. You don't need the cool lights. You don't need even a freshly updated youth room or venue. You don't need a huge space. You don't need something that looks like it's straight from a home improvement catalog. Yep. You don't need something like that. In fact, you don't even need butts in seats. You don't need a tons of kids and leaders to be sitting in your room. That's not what makes programming powerful. Um, you also don't need to be the world's most dynamic speaker. I think that's something that a lot of times as youth pastors, we're like, maybe our speaking style is a little bit different. And we think like, I am not like elevation or I'm not like 
you know, this person who's really huge. Like you don't need to have a certain speaking style or certain personality to have an impactful ministry. Now you didn't uh, list like you have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram either. Do you need that? Right. That you do need actually. (laughs) You do need to have really good social media, (laughs) which we're conveniently talking about soon. So make sure you tune in for that episode. But no, you don't need a super incredible social media. I probably don't even need a computer. I think what you probably need the most is Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. The, it's over. Podcast over. Podcast done. over. That's it. Thanks for You're tuning welcome. in. You're welcome. And thanks for being our friend. No. Um, but there are some things that can help you have really impactful and powerful programming. But Kyle, why is why is programming so important? Well, one of the things I think we need to realize is is programming is all of the night. So mm-hmm. that includes possible games, worship, lesson, transitions, um, response time, the whole thing is a kind of a programming. Right, it's from and, the second year, I mean, a second from a student hits their foot on the ground yep. in the parking lot, like a parent and student, when the second they roll up to the second they're gone. Yeah, so, and if if you can really be strategic in this, this uh, kind of plan on how you want them to experience um, the, the whole programming event, but particularly how that you want them to experience God and a movement mm-hmm. of Jesus, and you can't force people to change. Right. You can't force God to move because God is all powerful. <laughs> but you can create the right environment, mm-hmm. the right setting to highly increase the, that experience for the student, for your leaders, and even for yourself. Right. So I think that's so important. Yeah, and it doesn't, I mean, again, just to stress this, if anyone missed it the first time, you don't need something big and beautiful. Think about some of the coolest moments that you might have ever experienced. I know for sure in my life, some of the coolest moments I ever experienced were on a log that I cut next to a fire. Yeah. I mean, like, it was just, it was stuff that I didn't have to buy anything. There wasn't, like, a mood setter. It was literally just I was out and experiencing God. It wasn't, like, some super, you know, incredible, there wasn't, like, a band or anything. It was just a moment where there was powerful things happening. I mean, it was just, it was so simple, and it was so powerful. So we want to help you use programming better today. And talking about programming can be awkward just because sometimes it can be an overwhelming thing. And again, we want to help you handle awkward better. So um, what are some what are some just beginning tips, Kyle, that you would give when thinking about programming? Yeah, one of the things to keep in mind um, is there's a, a danger of repetition. Now, mm-hmm. uh, there's some things in the Christian life that repetition is very important. Study the Bible, um, you know, personal devotions, things like that. But when it comes to kind of programming, if the student can walk in and you do the exact same thing at the exact same time every single week, uh, it, it kind of gets to a point where <laughs> this is just a habit and not necessarily something that could be a movement of God. And mm-hmm. so uh, social media has changed how students absorb information. And it's quicker, it's shorter, it's high in, uh, like intensity, high stimulus kind of content, all right in there on our fingertips. And so we have to adjust in that. And I think the most popular apps out there, TikTok, Snapchat, all that, it's quick movements, and now you're on to the next thing. 15-second videos or picture, whatever. So we need to switch things up. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find, just because you're saying we have all this knowledge at our fingertips, I'm trying to find the study right now. Um, it was something like, like eighty percent or something of millennials say that they can learn everything they need to know about life from YouTube. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I believe I'm that. I'm trying to find that study, Maybe that but percentage is even lower, but they have master classes now, and with COVID has drastically changed the learning aspect. Oh, yeah. Uh, almost everything can be found or learned online. And if our ultimate goal as youth influencers, as people who influence youth, whether you're the youth pastor, volunteer, part-time, parent, uh, small group leader, whatever, youth influencer, as long as you're kind of uh, influencing them, it's not necessarily about knowledge. Yes, they, you want knowledge. You want them to grow in their biblical knowledge. But it's also about experiencing the movement of the Holy Spirit, experiencing Jesus, getting a better understanding of the importance of being in community. All that aspect can fall under, under programming. And mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of times people have a spectrum. And one side of the spectrum is don't change anything. It's locked in. Nothing changes very rigid in its programming. Okay, so we have six minutes for a game. Oh, they really like the game. Doesn't matter. Shut it down. Six minutes. It's been six minutes. (laughs) We have three worship songs. Yeah, the students are really into it, but nope, we only have three worship songs, and that's it. So uh, on the other side of the spectrum is very loose. Like, uh, I get up there. I've been part of a youth group, big, small churches, different denominations, all that. I've seen really good programming. I've seen really bad programming. I've experienced or led both. Um, and I've been on the other side of the spectrum where it's just kind of like, ah, what should we do now? And I literally had a youth worker and I was in high school at the time, um, basically say, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do now, but let's think who wants to play a game? Uh, no. Okay. Only half you want to play a game. Okay. Who wants to do some worship? Uh, nope. And we just basically voted throughout the night on what we're going to do. (laughs) And let's just say I didn't really go back to that youth group. Just because I didn't know what was going to happen each week, not because of excitement, right. but just pure like, well, the voting didn't win. Yeah. So I think you need to fall somewhere in the middle and leave room for some flexibility, but at least have a plan in place. Right. So you know, okay, here's what we're going to do next. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, the, the other thing I think is you need to prioritize engagement. So if they sit for an hour and they sit with worship and they sit with you uh, teaching uh, and then they go home, I don't think that really is positive programming. Right. I think you can really make it weird, make it even embrace that awkwardness, if you will, as part of the programming to increase engagement. Because the more the more the students can engage, the more impact you'll have with scripture, with mm-hmm. teaching God's truths, all that. So I think engagement needs to be priority. And that means there needs to be more than just one the students using one sense, like just their listening ears. Mm-hmm. They need to include their eyes, um, and, it, and if you include the other three or four sentences, or senses, then that's even better, too. But that's, that's really hard. So that's what I would say to start off with before we get into some actual tips to kind of keep in mind for programming. So to kind of, before we get into more just kind of some tips or some ideas, I'll just start with a story um, just from my own experience. So one of the nights, we were doing a series called uh, – Meet Me in the Gap is what I called it. And basically, that's like Gap Clothing. That's their kind of tagline. It's on the back. Like, if you go to their register, on the back wall, it says, Meet Me in the Gap. Okay. Um, and there's a gap between man and God called sin. And so we did a whole series about meeting people in the gap and being in the gap and how well, if we're in the gap, we need help getting involved, all, all this stuff. Anyway, one of the lessons, um, I cleared every piece of furniture completely out of the room. Like, there wasn't anywhere to sit. There wasn't anything to set anything on. Everything was just completely out of the room. <clears throat> and when I, before I, we do a Wednesday night, I send, I record a, just a short video of me 
and I set it out on privately to all my leaders on YouTube. And it's just kind of like my, here's what's happening this week. Here's what we're teaching on. Here's just, you know, just what to be aware of. So I'm standing in my youth room that's completely void of anything. And I'm like, I don't know if this is going to work, but things are really different in here. And this is going to be really awkward. And it could totally flop. But if it flops, it's a flop for the gospel. That's like literally like a quote of what I what I was saying in the video. Okay, I like it. And so, uh, yeah, so everyone comes in and I had three, four stations around the room. And I had some leaders that were trained that were going to that were gonna go through different methods of sharing the gospel, basically. And then we did evangelism speed dating where students would find a partner. They'd have three minutes to share the gospel with each other. And they'd have to go find another partner and use a different style. Or they could stick to one if they wanted to. Um, and so I don't know if it was the, the greatest idea in the world, but it was completely different. And I thought, this is just the stupidest thing in the world. Most of these people are just talking with their friends. Um, and I had several students come up after. Like, I had one girl, and she was like, this was really cool. Like, I've never done anything like this. And it was, it was so cool to, like, the room was just different. Like I could tell something was different right when I walked in and it caught me off guard. <laughs> and, it, and then I had another student come up later and he was like, I've never felt more equipped to go like share the gospel with my friends. Like I've never. And so for me thinking like this is going to be the most awkward night of my whole life because everything is so different and everyone's going to hate it and everyone's going to be mad at me for doing this. And then for that to turn around and be a, a, one of the most powerful nights we that, like, that I've had in my career was just a really cool, a cool thing for me to see like, wow, I changed something up. Didn't know if it was going to work. Just felt like I should do it. And it went over really well, even though I didn't think it was going to. The value in changing things up and doing things differently, keeping your programming interesting, weird, different, entertaining, is so high. And these kids value it. it. It's of such high value to the students when you can do that. So how do you keep things weird, Kyle? Like, why do we... Why should we change things up? Why should we every once in a while do things differently? Well, I would definitely piggyback on that is switching things up is tip number one. I think if you can have uh, an element of surprise or shock or um, just like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that, I think that's very important. So we switch it up at least once a series, if not once a week. Um, sometimes we do worship first, then the message, the message first, then worship, then mm -hmm. games. It, we switch up our order of things. Um, a lot of times I, I grew up um, in the Baptist denomination and uh, I remember going to this camp when I was growing up and we would go to this camp and every single uh, time we would go to lunch or a meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, is we had to do something different. So the camp director would say, okay, everyone has to go in the back or everyone has to only use their left hand or everyone has to, okay, you have to be boy and girl. So every single time we went lined up to get a meal, it was something mm. different. And I actually looked forward to meal times, not just because I could be with my friends, but there was also what what's going to be next. Right. And we're trying to guess what's next cool. and, and all that. And if you can have the students start guessing what you think – or at least interested to ask, hey, what are we doing tonight? Then I think you got them versus, oh, I know what we're doing. Game, worship, lesson. Game, right. worship, lesson. Yeah. So switching it up is, is another one. I would also say I'm a big fan of one or two games to start off with or at least breaking mm -hmm. the ice. I think there's some icebreaker games out there. Get them involved. doesn't matter if you have a group of 200 or 20 students. You can sit down and say, okay, here's what we're going to do it. The other thing with games is games not just fluff. Sometimes, if you really think about it, non-Christians, students who don't go to church, games is the only time they can generally participate without 
some kind of hurdle. Mm -hmm. They don't really know and have a relationship with God, so worship is out. They're still trying to figure out the sermon and and if it applies to them or not. But the games is the one thing that anyone can participate with, no matter the faith journey. So we're always big on, here's breaking the ice for games, and that leads us into something else. Mm -hmm. And I think... Yeah, with with the games, just a just a quick tip. Um, like Kahoot quizzes are awesome. Yeah, there's not only are there just thousands and thousands of options for games, um, but you can create your own too. And so my first couple weeks at my job, the first couple Wednesday nights, the games we did, we did a Kahoot quiz, and I made trivia quizzes about myself. Yeah, and I said just so you can know me better, here are some weird trivia things about me, and like it was hilarious because. They didn't know me, but they were kind of judging me with their right, answers. Right. And so it was, I mean, it was just hilarious. I like one of the questions was like, what's the lowest grade that DJ ever got on a test in college? And the, like the choices were like a C, a D, an F, and then like a 17. Yeah. And everyone said 17. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, they were right. But I was like, how did you, how did you figure that one out? Yeah. yeah. So no. Um, and everyone has their phones anyway. So all, yeah. They're, and if, they're going to be on them. I mean, that's yes. the truth of the matter is they're going to be on them, especially if there's games going on anyway. And and that leads me to the next tip that's maybe a little bit more controversial. It depends on your church's philosophy or, or anything like that. I believe we live in a day and age where phones is no longer an option. It's essential to most students. Mm -hmm. So the more you can get them to utilize their phones in the service, in the message, the better you're going to get. So oh, for sure. we encourage our students to, it's okay to take pictures. It's okay to, uh, I, I have a lot of uh, text in questions at the end of my message. If you have any questions, go ahead and text in. We have a phone number set up mm -hmm. aside where they can text in. And I try to answer that, um, you know, yeah. during the end of it. Um, you so can do utilizing the phones. Yeah, you can do text in it. There's like a, there's a Google, um, there's, a, there's a Google platform of some kind. I, yeah, uh, that you can, you can use for texting. Number. Yeah, you can create a phone number with that. There's all kinds of ways that people can text in questions. Um, on the YouVersion Bible app, you can create, uh, you can put like sermon notes or your notes for your lesson on the YouVersion Bible app. So um, yep. if you go to, I think, bible.org or something, but you can create events. Um, we'll have the link in the show notes. Yeah, we'll have the link in the show notes, yeah. And you can create events that can go live, and so then they could take notes on their phone while using their Bible yep. app. Um, that's just another great resource to use. Yeah. I think something when it comes to note-taking that has been really beneficial for me is when I always, always, always print out notes to have physically. Okay. So people can, and I have, like, in our youth room, we have, like, coffee shop tables that they sit at. Um, but I always print off, like, half-page notes. And on all, on basically all of them, I include on somewhere, whether it's on the back or on the front, I'll include a box that says, like, draw this verse. Or like use this space to draw a thought you had, or use. I mean, I'll I'll include a space for them to like draw, or I'll put like different colored pens on the tables. Um, yeah. Because I mean, like I know there was a kid in, in one of the youth groups that I was serving at earlier that his way of listening was to just draw circles on a piece of paper, and people were all. He said people all through his life were like, "Hey, stop! Like, pay attention." And he said in school all the time, people were like, "Stop! Pay attention." But his way of listening and intaking knowledge and, and like understanding things and thinking about things was to sit and just draw circles on his piece of paper. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a, a tons of studies out there about learning abilities and some as audible as in just listening, some as verbal as they have to talk it through. And then now there's kinetic, which means they have to do something with that. Mm -hmm. So that means do, uh, drawing, doodling, 
um, I, I sometimes we set up tables um, and instead of rows of chairs for the service, they set up a tables in groups and we try to do a group game or, hey, discuss in your group. Like we throw out a question in the middle of the message, mm-hmm. but we always have some kind of little game, uh, not necessarily a full checkers game, but sometime a game, you know, you find at Cracker Barrel or something right. like that, put it in there and just so they're playing with it and messing around with it. But you know what? Just because a student isn't looking at you, just because a student isn't like showing that they're engaging doesn't mean they're engaging anymore. Mm-hmm. Partly because they have the ability to multitask more than uh, anyone older doesn't even can't even dream how well they can multitask. Oh yeah. So um, just because they don't look engaging doesn't mean you're not engaging them. So oh, yeah. bra- embrace it. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, just because I'm on the I'm closer to the younger side too. Like I've told like my pastor before, like in staff meeting, like I'm having a full conversation. And typing on my computer at the same time. And I'm like, just so you know, I'm paying attention to you. Yes. And I understand everything that's happening. I can just, I am able to be able to do this and talk to you at the same time. And, and you can. And yeah, and I mean, that's, So yeah. worship has been uh, something that over my particular uh, youth ministry has changed over the years. Um, and we've been slowly um, getting into more experimental worship, not necessarily theology wise, but more them doing something other than just singing. So mm-hmm. um, I I went to a youth conference once and it was one of the best worship experiences I've ever seen because they had paintings and drawings and, and easels all in the back. And during the worship set, anyone can go back there and paint while the worship song is oh, going. Cool. And, and there was that connection that using something that you can't even imagine how, hey, I was, I'm singing this song, but I'm also painting. And so they took all the paintings that people wanted to and put them up. And they have this wall of artists. And these are students. These aren't professional artists mm-hmm. who this is what they experience when they worship this song. And wow. so they, I don't remember what the song was, but they did one song. And how would you see that? Not That's just cool. hear it. So uh, I would I would say switching up like that, find some paint and do that. Now it's going to be weird. Oh, it's yeah. going to be awkward at first. And especially even for the students too, it'll be awkward right. because if they've never experienced that, or maybe it's something that is their private. I mean, maybe they do it on their own time, but you would never take something that's not worship that you do at a church, right? And right. I mean, and just to speak to that a little bit, like I remember when I first heard like, hey, just, I mean, just in passing, but it was like, you know, yeah, worship isn't just singing. And I was like, yeah. What? <laughs> no way. There's more to it. Than- Mind blown. Oh, man. Yeah. And and to be able to get kids into a worshipful state and not just singing because singing songs like crying to reckless love is not going to be everyone's preferred style of worship. Right. Right. And so getting kids engaged in their own, helping kids learn and understand and feel comfortable with their own type of worship is so important because some people just won't connect to that, to singing those, you know, those sad songs that all make right. us cry. Some people just won't connect to that, and that's totally okay. Yes. Um, but giving kids another place where they can be able to worship, or uh, something they can do that helps them be able to worship, that puts them in a worshipful state that draws their hearts closer to Jesus, is so important. Yeah. And, and I would also say, the more you can get students on stage, the better. Oh yeah. I mean, if you do announcements, it, it's okay. But if you can get some really good students who are not afraid to speak on stage in front of people, but also still kind of keep the room moving forward or the programming moving forward, then try to have some student MCs. Yeah. Uh, I think it makes it so much better. And they'll pay attention to the, themselves more mm-hmm. than they ever would you as a youth influencer. Yeah, adding those students on stage can add vulnerability to the group. That's just awesome because then you can have more people that want to get involved in because, I mean, 
maybe it's not right, but there will be a point where the kids will go, oh, if they can do it, then I can get on. Like, if yeah. he's up there, well, I've been playing drums for five years longer than he has. <laughs> like, I, Yeah, and you're <laughs> opening Pandora's box when you do this. Right. So there's some students, hey, I want to do this. Or right. that student who volunteers for every single game. Yeah. That person doesn't necessarily mean they should be the MC. So you right. have to be very strategic in that. But I like making videos and have students be part of the videos, whether it's announcement videos or some kind of fun um, transition videos. When we do baptisms, I try to do a quick little um, testimony and say, why did you get baptized? And throw it up there and have mm-hmm. you know 30-second cool. testimony of 10 different students doing that. I would also say when you're doing announcements – it should be short, quick, and engaging as much as a game would be. Mm-hmm. So do something fun. Um, maybe chug a, a, a little carton of milk between each announcement, or you're do it. I've had stuff dumped on me between like announcements. The hot ones, yeah. I mean, try those... the hot ones. Oh, yeah. Chicken wings, yeah. Which I think when I when I first started doing announcements, it was like, all right, so this week we're gonna have a thing right. later, and then that's gonna be at seven thirty. So you're gonna want to make sure and register for that. And it's really hype, and, so you and, should come. And it's yeah, it's gonna be lit. So you're gonna you're gonna want to be there. So yeah, no, for sure. Anything. I mean, basically, the more weird you can get, or the, or the more weird you can get, or the more you can embarrass yourself. Yeah, the more they're totally gonna pay attention. Yeah, because <laughs> you're not just advertising the event; you're also creating memories. And mm-hmm. if they can associate something fun or goofy, and associate that to your message or to your announcements, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the other thing is your message, um, I, I try to follow the seven-minute rule. And the seven-minute rule basically means no point, story, or anything in your message should take longer than seven minutes before you're moving mm. on to the next one. So sure. if you have a three-point message it, you know, and your first one takes 20 minutes and then your other two takes four, then, I, then it's kind of unbalanced. So yeah. um, you have a story. It should take less than seven minutes and move on. And even that is a little bit long. Some people would say you should drop it down to five minutes. Right. Um, so that's just some of the things I would. I also have um, a PowerPoint or a slide or messages. The main point, the scripture, everything, visually shown. So yeah. I would love to have all of, all of my students bring their Bible and bring their phone and open it up, but that's just not realistic. Yeah. So sometimes the only time they read scripture is when I show it on the screen, not just mm-hmm. me reading it. So yeah. I always show it on the screen, and I always show what version I'm reading as well because they are probably not a lot of them know what version that is. So, okay, this is the New Living Translation, and I share a quick little five seconds. Here's what that. Here's why I showed that. Yeah. So I switch it up with all different kinds of translations as well. And can I just say when, when you're – well, of course I can say. I yeah. guess I'm one of the hosts. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> you can say whatever you want. <laughs> um, pancake. There we That's go. what I wanted to say. No, um, but, like, when you're when – you're I mean, when we're talking about – your messages or when you're teaching or preaching, like I think that something that's really important is like, if, so if maybe your ministry isn't seven through 12 and you don't see all that kids, but I'm over seven through 12. And that means that if a kid came on every Wednesday night, I have the potential to speak to them every single Wednesday from grades seven to 12 and them hear nobody else, but my speaking style, my everything. I mean, they have there. It's really easy to do that. And so like I have junior high leaders that I brought in that, um, they teach the junior high, so they're not just hearing my voice, but also I try to, um, maybe not every series, but probably twice a quarter, no, pr- twice a semester, sorry, I bring in someone else to come do something that's external from the youth group. So, like, I brought in um, someone from a, a college in our denomination one time. I brought in someone from, a, like, a leadership organization. I brought in someone from, um, like, a, a missions organization, and 
I try to usually bring in people that will fit pretty well with the series that we're in, um, but it doesn't have to. But letting them hear some other people too um, is a great way to get them to not just believe what you're telling them. I think that's so important. I have a teaching team as well. So me and probably four other adults are on this teaching team, and we rotate, whether it's a whole series or one week at a time. It's so important because, one, I don't want them graduating high school only hearing me. Mm -hmm. And then now when they go to a different church or they go to college or whatnot, all they do is compare it to one type of person they heard. It's so important that they hear different opinions, different styles, uh, and uh, all of that. So I think it's very important So a teaching team or at least guest speakers like you have is crucial, important. Mm -hmm. And the last step I have is actually something that has really worked well over the years. We have programmed a 10 to 15-minute response time at the end of every message. So we always have some kind of program, message, worship games, all that, and then we break off into small groups right there on Sunday nights, um, right afterwards, we built in a 10 to 15 minute response time is what we call it. And it's there. It's, we give the students a chance to actually respond to what we just learned. So sometimes it's get in groups and pray. Sometimes it's mm. come forward and there's a worship song and they come forward and, cool. and have a chance to pray. Sometimes it's just, okay, write down and we give them a little journal or a piece of paper and they have to write something down uh, but this response time is so important that they can apply exactly what they learned. And sometimes it's not as strong as we would like it to be, but it helps transition into small groups where they kind of experience a little bit of it and then they discuss it later. Um, but yeah. it's always very important to have that response time. And I think it increases engagement more than almost anything else we do. That's cool. Yeah. Um Something that I've taken notes from is, so my girlfriend, when she was in college, worked with an organization called Young Life, which is like a worldwide, right. massive parachurch ministry. I mean, yeah, it's a huge deal. If you haven't heard of it, um, they do a lot of things right, which is really cool. They have some, just some great systems. But um, something that they do really well is programming. And they have this, I mean, something that they do that I kind of, that I was like, hey, that's a great idea. And I also read some studies on it. But um, we have speakers that... I set up now every single week, but we put outside the youth room that from the second you get out of your car in the parking lot, there's music playing. Yes. And it's not just like Mercy Me, like church music that you listen to in the church van with the quilting group. Like, I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, Mercy Me. I apologize. <laughs> um, love you, Mercy Me. Anyway, um, but I put like, it's a mix of secular music and just some contemporary, like upbeat Christian music. Yep. And like the second you're getting there, Young Life's purpose behind it is they say, we want their walls to immediately be able to be let down. Yep. Like you want them to immediately be like, oh, wow. I never, I mean, you know, you're not playing like explicit music or anything, but they're like, oh, wow, I'm listening to music that I listen to. There's at least one connection like, oh, they actually are in the real world as well. They listen to the music that too. And, right. And we can get into all kinds of theology and philosophy, why why they do that. But a lot of churches are developing that. Right. This is one way to make it easier for non-Christians to feel accepted. Right. And I'm trying to institute this coming fall. Um, I'm trying to get all of my yard games every single week put out and have an area with like a volleyball net set up outside because imagine like for a student to say, okay, I'm going to go to youth group tonight is mm-hmm. one thing if they've never been before, but for a student to like walk into a church building alone into a church building is like, and then just stand there yeah, and they wait don't know where until to go, we start. And, yeah. Um, so if there's something going on outside, there's music, there's activity, they can just immediately join a group or find yep. their friend or whatever and they feel like they belong there. So much it's easier. It's their place. And they're going to want to 
belong before they'll ever believe. Yep. Um, and so just creating a, an environment that they can walk into and feel like, wow, I belong here. I think that's so important. And so, I mean, um, if you want to check out the playlist, it's just called KHC Youth on Spotify. Um, Again, can, we'll put in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put in the show notes. But I've got we've got two playlists as well. That's something cool that I did, I guess, too, since I'm just thinking about it. One of the things that we did, um, we, we I taught a series called Explicit, and I talked about how explicit in our culture today means it's the music that you turn off as soon as you hit the church parking lot and the music you turn back on as soon as the church is out of your rearview mirror. Yeah. Um, but what that word really means is to clearly define or state something, leaving no room for doubt. Um, and so we talked about several tenets or pillars in our faith that we need to be able to really clearly, um, explicitly explain, be able to talk about. Um, and one of them was um, explicit. Oh, I called it explicit playlist and talked about how our lives put out a playlist. Uh, like there's there are things about us that put off an aura, a general vibe um, to the people around us. And so then I gave them all what I called life cards. And they wrote down just anywhere from five to I had one girl write like 110 songs. But like songs that give them life, basically. And I took all of those songs and I put them on a public playlist called KHC Life. And it's all the songs that give our students life. Mm. Um, and they loved that. In oh, fact, yeah. I, this was months ago, and I still have students text me, and they're like, hey, can you add this song right. to the playlist? Because my friends and I were listening to that playlist, and we think this song would be really good for it. Yeah. And there's everything from musicals to, like, rap to and again you kind of have to censor yes <laughs> you can't just put every song on there right. and there were quite a few songs that i said hey i'm not gonna put this yeah. on there i'm glad i'm, I'm glad that you think that that gives you life and That's you participated <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. not all participation is good right yeah <laughs> but giving students ownership as well in the group and not just giving them programming but giving them ownership in what's happening i think yeah. is, is really big there, for students as well to feel like they have a, a voice there's a lot of times i have sat down with a lot of my student leaders and this is a regular practice. Okay, what should we do? Um, not necessarily message-wise, but uh, game-wise, announcement-wise, or what should we emphasize? Response time and, and their opinions is crucial to my programming or planning of my programming in the ministry. So mm -hmm. the students know what works for them um, for the most times. Uh, so I would sit down with any of your influential students and say, okay, um, I want to do this. What do you think? And mm -hmm. there's going to be times where you're like, yeah, I'm not going to do that uh, because they didn't like it. And there's other times where, like they didn't like it, but they need to hear it. So I move oh, yeah. forward. So you have to find For that sure. balance. Yeah. Well, hey, we want to hear what are some cool things that you're doing in your ministry? We want to talk about it. We want to we want to hear your successes and your fails, and we want to steal your ideas. No, I'm yeah, just kidding. But, absolutely. But, but we want to talk about it because we know that you guys are doing awesome ministry as well. So we want to we want to talk about what you're doing. So if you haven't yet, go join our Facebook community group called the Embrace the Awkward Podcast Community. Go check it out. Share your stories with us. Share your ideas with us. Even if you've had this idea for years, but you just haven't done it yet because you think it'll be really awkward. Yep. We want to talk about it. We, yeah. we just... And we want to hear how it went. We want to hear how it went. We want to encourage you in it. We just want to help you handle that awkward better. And we want to do life together. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for hanging out. We hope that you guys got some awesome tips or ideas. Um, and we want to hear your ideas as well. We want to talk about it. We want to do ministry together. And we want to help you handle awkward better. So be sure to join the Embrace the Awkward Facebook community group. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the ETA podcast. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for being our friend. We'll see you next time. <laughs>